0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing From A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we are learning how to underwrite a self-storage deal and how to look at an OM, an offering memorandum, We are chatting with Catherine East. She is the founder of Sopapta Consulting Management and Auditing. She is an expert in the self-storage industry, and I'm very excited to have her here. We're breaking this interview down into two episodes. Here we go. Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. I know you are managing a billion different things, so I really appreciate it. Uh, But first, before we start, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, I I appreciate the billion. uh, I'm not quite sure it's a billion different (laughs) facilities, but I love where your head's at. Hopefully, eventually, I'll get to that point. But of course, I'd have to grow a lot bigger for that to happen. Uh, Like Stephanie said, my name is Catherine East, and I'm what's known as an asset management slash operations specialist. So essentially, what that means is, From A to Z, starting with the broker OMs and underwriting, going all the way through how a facility is actually going to be operated, and then, of course, going to the auditing side, I specialize in everything from A to Z. So I've been doing this for 16 years. I've held several different positions from state association executive director to asset management for Kingdom Storage Holdings to also being the owner-operator of my own consulting firm.
0: And I want to let everybody know, because Catherine is so humble, that I believe it was your very first self-storage job. You made that owner about a million dollars in that first year. Is that correct? I did.
1: I did. Uh, I was an on-site facility manager. That's what I was hired to do. And after six weeks of working in their one office, they came to me and said, it looks like you're going to get bored in this position. We'd like to know if you could corporate manage our entire portfolio, which was seven facilities. And they were bigger facilities. They they weren't necessarily the under 200 model. They were more like 300 all the way up to 700 units. So I was able to get in there and really start developing the systems of operations that needed to be put in place. A lot of people call those SOPs. That's fine. Call it whatever you want. But <laughs> fact of the matter is that company still uses those models today in order to generate the income production that's needed to sustain a portfolio.
0: Amazing. So it's with fun. that in mind, <laughs> hopefully we'll have Catherine come back to cover, you know, a variety of topics. But today we would love to underwrite a deal together and see where her mind is at when she gets an OM. So I will let you take it from here and uh,
1: let's see where this goes. Perfect. It's always so fun to talk about this topic because of course, most of the time what I get in my email inbox are what we call leads. Of course, deals are made. That's period. End of discussion. There, Nothing that comes over my desk as a deal right when it hits there. I wish it was. But in order to create the cap rates, then the profit analysis that's needed for specific clients, I have to underwrite these very carefully. Coming from a broker, I love this. And the reason that I love it is because generally they have 95% of the information in the broker OM that I'm actually needing. So the very first thing I'm doing, I'm looking at the pictures. Sounds very elementary and I get that, but I need to see the property from their eyes. Keep in mind, those pictures are designed to actually make the property look better than what it is. So there could be some filtering that's going on there. We've seen that several times, haven't we, Stephanie? We have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the whole point and purpose of that is to just kind of see what the general condition of the property is, because I have to know directly right off the bat how much capex I'm actually going to have to put into this property. That's directly going to affect my evaluation. The next step for me is to enter the numbers exactly as they're stated on the offering memorandum into evaluator. The reason that I'm doing that is because I need to see from the numbers that they provide, how accurate it is to get that price point that they're looking for. Uh, Most of the time brokers are cap rate driven. And so if I'm looking at a a property that says it's, they want 1.2 million at a six and a half cap rate, I need to determine whether or not based on the information they've provided in their current analysis column, to whether or not that's realistic. And of course, we all know that as interest rates go up, cap rates go up, things fluctuate. It's a cycle, period. But when I'm looking at those numbers, I'm trying to determine whether or not it's a fair asking price. A lot of times we'll find just very small issues in the underwriting on the offering memorandum. And of course, that leads to questions for the broker so that we're able not only to decipher whether or not they're necessarily a self-storage broker. And believe me, I love my self-storage brokers because their underwriting is quite impeccable, but they often underwrite price for pro forma. I
0: have a quick question on the cap rates. When you see a broker put projected cap rate year one or two and not the existing cap rate, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I think it's a pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rainbow with a unicorn at the end of it shooting out Skittles out of the all nowhere. <laughs> First of all, don't buy off of a cap rate. It's never going. You can you can determine what the value is on your exit strategies on cap rates. So if I buy this property at a six and a half cap, I'm estimating to sell it at a six and a half cap in my exit strategies, which are three to five years generally. We have seen a lot of inventory come across that's been selling in a year or 18 months. That was a year ago. That's the past. Now we're back onto our holding pattern. Like I said, it's always a cycle. So we're back to the three to five years. So when they tell me I want $2.4 million based on the exit strategy that I'm projecting in five years of an eight cap, I'm going, well, where did you come up with that information? Because your current column is more like, two and a half, right. Or whatever it is that you're trying to sell me on this broker. And that's okay. I get what they're saying. And just so we're clear, guys, a lot of brokers, you know, they're dictated the pricing by the seller themselves. So they have to say to their clients, how much are you wanting for this property? You know, they throw out 2.4 broker runs the analysis on the current numbers and says, okay, that's at a four cap, interest rates are at a six and a half. You're probably not going to get that. Client says, well, you're going to get it for me anyway, which is why underwriting as is, is so important because that's, what's going to give you your actual asking price. So whatever their GPRI states, which we often find a few minor errors in that, <laughs> where we, where they might come up with 240,000 for a GPRI and we come up with two hundred and twenty. We've seen that happen several times. We're all human, humans make errors. So that's why it's so good to be able to use a tool like evaluator to decipher what those issues could be. The other thing that's very important to me when I'm underwriting those numbers is what is their expense ratio? What are they spending right now to currently run this property the way that they're running it? I always look at that because Of course we teach you 35% is the accepted EGI which is the estimated gross income percentage of expenses. So I'm always looking at that. I wanna see what they're at because if they're 56%, obviously I'm only underwriting it for 35. That's directly going to affect my price point. Actually they'll get a better price point if I do it that way. Not necessarily will they get what they're asking for because in real life, we they're asking 2.4. We're not giving them 2.4. We're giving them less. But it helps in the underwriting process if I'm looking at that expense ratio to see what's going on. So I'm checking out the numbers to get my price point. Once I get my price point, I move on to the market. I need to know what I can reasonably do in my first year in that market in order to raise the gross potential rental income and potentially the economic occupancy. Those are two big factors. Now, notice I didn't say I look at those when I'm doing the current underwriting, because I don't. I don't look at them until after I've got a price point. And the reason that is, is because if they're operating, let's say, at a 60% economic occupancy, I need to be able to do better than that. And I have to show the bank and the investors that I can do better than that. So I'm going out and I'm using very specific sources to obtain the information that I need. So let's start with, I use StoreTrack Explorer. Wonderful tool. I get asked all the time, well, how accurate is it? Well, it's fairly accurate, but you do have to then research outside of StoreTrack as well, which is why Google Earth is so important. And I get a lot of laughs when I say, go to Google Earth. It'll tell you how many facilities are on the market. Just Put in your address and click nearby and put in self storage. Not only does it give you how many are in the market, but it gives you the distance from your own facility, right?
0: Learning something new every day. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I check that out just to see what the accuracy to store track is. The other observation that I need to make is how many of my competitors have websites? Because if they don't have websites, they're not really a competitor because how do you find them if you're a consumer? So I don't necessarily have to worry about them unless it comes to pricing, which again is why I like to use Star Trek because it gives me the average for the market, for the state and the national. So then I can kind of gauge if they're charging $50 for a five by 10, but the average in this market is 75, I can raise my rates up to 75. Why can't I? Fair enough. Very fair. Yep. (laughs) So I'm checking rates to see where I can raise not only my GPRI, but I'm also looking for how am I economically going to be able to make that happen? So then I start looking at resources. City Data USA is a great resource to determine things like average household income in a market, poverty level housing uh, investments, how they've grown over the past 20 years. Me personally, I like to see it at least double. So if if the market is not sustaining at least doubling in the housing market, then I tend to look at it a little bit differently because I need to know that not only can these people afford the rates that I'm about to charge, but is this a growing market? Population, That's a big one. It's not so huge, though. If I have a market that's basically stagnant in population, but the housing market has grown in value and it's low poverty, then I'll still look at that market, especially if I can raise rates. So that's a huge thing. I want to know where I can grow. That's my add value. in the broker OM, are they implementing any type of tenant protection or income, other income streams. If they're not, I'm able to then do that in my year one. City Data USA is great for that kind of information. World Population Review is great for that information. And then there's also Data USA. So all three of those combined will give you a good sense of what that market's actually doing. I can't find that information. You'll never believe what my next step is go into the county website who's pulled permits and for what (laughs) because a lot of times what i'll see is like housing developments are going in and apartment complexes are going in or amazon pulled a permit for a huge building that they're about to build and so if that's the case i know that not only is industry growing in this market but you know amazon prime buildings they employ like up to 1500 people that means people are moving to that area so I know it's a good growth market. By the way, when I'm looking at this market, if I, I look and the graph immediately pops up on Google that it's nothing but a sharp decline, I'm out, I'm yeah. running. Because that means people aren't coming to that market. They're running away from that market. Unless you can prove to me that there's something coming to that market that's going to significantly increase that population, how where am I gonna pull my tenants from? So when I go in and I raise rates to this new rate, 50 to 75, that's a $25 increase per month for these tenants. If they move out, how do I fill it back up? How am I ever going to get beyond the 60% economic occupancy that was stated in that broker OM? I'm not. And once I research that information, determine the structure of my new GPRI, determine the structure of my new economic occupancy, which stabilized is 85%. So I underwrite to 85%. I then apply my 35% expenses. And that will give me a true NOI. That NOI is then divided by their cap rate that they provided. And it tells me what it really should look like, what the point price point is. So I hear a lot of know mumbling and grumbling right now about well interest rates went up so now this isn't a deal if it wasn't a deal six months ago it's still not a deal now has nothing to do with that cap rate and everything to do with what is the add value for that property
0: totally
1: yes so i've so i've put in the current i've looked at my year one which sounds super simple does it not yeah yeah So now I've got to move on to how am I going to operate this thing to make sure that my expenses are within that 35% margin.
0: We will continue this interview next week and chat about how to look at a market, what are banks looking for from you, and what questions should you be asking the broker. And if you haven't already, make sure to write us a review on the podcast app. I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers, Mira USF excellent podcast, great podcast, well-produced, informative, and with varied episodes that expands my understanding of commercial real estate investing with each episode. Thank you so much for making the time to write us a review, and I will see you next time.